Hi, this is Lauren Engel of Sidewalk Talk. We do a lot of interviews with EDM artists, pop artists, rappers, and people in the industry, letting you know what they do behind the scenes. Also, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter through the handle Sidewalk Talk Show. Hope you guys enjoy. Hi, this is Lauren Engel of Sidewalk Talk. I'm here with Tazoki. Hi. <laughs> We're like in the middle of crossing a road. <laughs> oh, we just started this interview. <laughs> Those lots of fucking dope as well. Yeah? yeah? We were just talking about like apartments in this area. So you were born in, was it Norwich or how do yeah. you say it? Yeah, it's Norwich. Yeah. That were was you? like 23 years ago. <laughs> yeah. I guess we're like kind of the same age then. Yeah, it was my birthday like last week. Oh really? Yeah. Damn, congrats. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday, why did I just congratulate you? For being alive. Yeah, being what? <laughs> Were your parents like born in that area as well or? Uh, yeah, I'm uh, my mom like grew up there. Um, I'm not too sure about my dad. I don't have contact with him anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, my mom and like, like four generations back were like from there. Oh wow. Yeah. What does your mom do? Uh, she works at the hospital. Um, she does like, I'm not exactly sure what her job is, but it's like something to do with like the admin side of like patients at like a hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't really look too much into it. Yeah. Um, where do you get your creative side from then? I have no idea. No one in my family is musical. So it's like, yeah, like everyone was kind of surprised. Like all my cousins and stuff were like, where did that come from kind of thing. But I honestly can't think. Like I wasn't brought up around music or anything. So. But you did like so many instruments when you were younger, like guitar, bass, like all this. Yeah, but like that didn't come from anywhere. I just like, I remember just watching like, videos of like Green Day like play concerts and stuff and like want to play guitar and then it came from that but there was no like influence from my yeah. family you know but were they were you taking lessons though or uh for a little bit of on guitar um but everything else was kind of self-taught and then uh oh wow yeah and then YouTube came along and then I could just oh so you just watched a bunch of like YouTube tutorials did you own all these instruments too or were you just kind of like borrowing them from uh, school or? I didn't have a drum kit I had like I had a few guitars um, and like a keyboard like a really terrible plastic keyboard um, but yeah I'd, I'd like stay late after school and like use the drum room to like practice drums mm-hmm. were you in some bands then? yeah what kind of music did it sound like? it was like metal and like rock and like that kind of thing. I did like vocals for a while, like the whole screamo shit. Oh really? Is it still online? Ah, I guess it is. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but yeah. What, do you remember the first CD you bought? It would have been a Green Day one. I think it was, it was either Dookie or the, I can't remember the album that came after that. Uh, one with Basket Case on it. But it was definitely Green Day. Yeah. yeah. What kind of music was your mom playing in the house? Uh, like, damn. Like Queen. Oh, okay. And like old school shit like that. Which I really enjoyed. She liked her... Uh, what else was it? Carlos Santana. Yeah. He did like guitar stuff as well. Um, but yeah, kind of like the old school kind of like rock. Kind of like vibes like that. Yeah. More guitar stuff. How would you describe yourself back then growing up? Complete like fucking loser. Really? Yeah. Like why? That was like 
I was always like in like the kind of like outcast, like emo, like goth group at school. And like, I'd always wear like eyeliner. Oh, really? And like nail polish and like studded belts and like lip piercings and stuff. But yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't like too popular at school. Were you into school though? Did you like going to school? Uh, yeah, for a while. And then I, I started like getting closer with like the popular kids. Yeah. And uh, hi. Hi. <laughs> and then like, and then like shit went south. Like, cause like popular kids suck at school. Like the whole like elitism kind of thing. I'm not into it. Into what? Like the elitism. Oh. Like, no, like people just like think they're better than other people. And it's like, especially in school where it's like such like a contained environment, you know? And it's just yeah. like. Was it like a, became too confident or like yeah. ego? Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I'm not about that. Like in any aspect of life. So it's. Yeah, it kind of fucked me up a bit. Yeah. What kind of subjects were you into? I really like like art and like music as well, obviously. Yeah. Um, I was like fucking terrible at like maths, terrible at English. I was okay at French, actually. That was surprising. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was pretty much it. Like just music, music and art. I kind of just stuck to. Um, I dropped out at like 15, so like I. I didn't pay too much attention. I kind of just got like carried away with the music stuff and just like ran with it, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, Do you have siblings? No, nah, I'm an only child. Oh, you must be really close to your mom then. Yeah, she's, she's like a queen. Like, yeah. And uh, like raising me like on her own as well, like supporting like the whole kind of dynamic of like what a family like should be, but like her being like my mom and my dad was just like awesome. Like, yeah. Yeah, she's dope. What's her personality like? She's, she's kind of like, or I'm kind of like her in a sense that like, She's a complete like workaholic. Um, she's she goes like crazy. Uh, like if she's not working, like kind of cabin fever. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, a few years ago she like she got diagnosed with cancer. Oh. So like she spent a lot of time at home and like just sitting around doing like nothing, and that like made her worse because she was like, mm -hmm. I just want to work, you know? Yeah. But yeah, she's she's dope. But she's all good now. Yeah. So there's no bad feelings. Oh, that's good. <laughs> And then, like, after high school, what happened? So I dropped out at, like, 15. And then, because uh, of, like, some family shit at home, like, I just ran away. I, like, lived in, like, a... You guys over here call it a mobile home. We call it a caravan. Oh, yeah. Lived in caravan for a while. Did some, like, dumb shit. Like, alone, or...? Uh, yeah, kind of. It was, like, a weird, like, illegal situation. I was, like, 16. It was dumb as hell. Um... And yeah, like just ran away from home. I was like, because in the UK, when you're 16, you can like legally live on your own. So I like took that, ran with it. I was like fucked up in the head. I was like, yeah, I'm going to be an adult, blah, blah, blah. And then uh, did that. And uh, but after that, I kind of came to my senses. I was like, this isn't okay. Like, how, how long were you like doing in the caravan? Uh, I think it was only like eight weeks, but it was like, definitely like the longest eight yeah. weeks of my life you know? so i guess he like saved up before then to like eat oh no 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 dude i was like i was broke as shit I lived oh my off, god uh, i lived off like frozen waffles like potato waffles <laughs> just stocked up yeah. in bulk they were there's this there's this shop in the uk called iceland and it's just like tons of frozen shit horrible food and uh yeah it was like one pound, which is like a dollar, like yeah. you get like a box of this like frozen waffles, and I just like live off those. 
but yeah, it's, it was gross, dude. It was fucking gross. But how did you even find a caravan in the first place? Those are kind of costly, right? I mean... Are you renting one? No, I wasn't renting one. It was like through like someone I knew and it was like kind of like a sketchy kind of set up and like it definitely, definitely wasn't legal. Now that I think about it. Yeah. I was on some land that was questionable. <laughs> just kind of, yeah. <laughs> I, just, I try not to think about the technicalities of it because I feel like right now I would kick myself, oh probably my punch God. myself in the face if I did anything yeah. like that. But back then I was like, fuck it, I'm gonna live on my own. I'm gonna be an adult, you know what I mean? What was the turning point that you wanted to get out of that situation? Oh, the second my mom messaged me, she was like, because she, she was understanding of the whole thing, like, that's, that's like the best thing about my mom is like, whatever I, I wanted to do when I was a kid, she'd hear me out and like let it happen, but then if shit went like really south, she'd be like there to like catch oh, wow. me. She messaged me, I had like a really bad like, remember the like Blackberry phones? Like, yeah. Really, like, like tacky ones. I remember like one morning I woke up and she, she'd messaged me, she was like, something like I understand like what's happened and stuff but just know you can always come home if you want and I was just like fuck well I, I guess I'm going home because like all my friends had like bailed on me I didn't have obviously I didn't have any money I was like running out of potato waffles like <laughs> oh my god and uh but yeah and then I I just went home like it was uh it was quite a way away from where we were living so she like drove like six hours to come pick me up yeah. And then we just wow. like drove back home and like on the way back home it was just like we had like the deepest chats and it was, it yeah, was great. Yeah, I can imagine. Wow. Yeah. And then what happened after that? Literally just locked myself away in uh like in my bedroom. Just like like we said earlier, just like watching YouTube videos, like learning how to produce and like all about like music and like the technicalities uh, and stuff. How did you go from more of the like the guitar rock stuff to more like Electronic. So I was, in, I was like into a band called Enter Shikari and uh, they'd always like played with like synths while doing like kind of like the screamo kind of like heavier style of music. Um, so it's just, I guess it was just a, like a natural progression really. Yeah. Um, there was a few bands like that. I can't the dubstep the first kind of more electronic music that you switched over into? No, actually it was like, it was like house and like, like, I don't know if it would be techno. But like, I watched loads of like, live videos of like, Dead Mouse, and like, him doing his shit. It was really weird actually, um, nothing crazy of like, the heavier stuff. And then I remember I heard like, the heavier stuff and I was like, damn, this is like, sick. Because it's like, an electronic version of metal, Yeah. right? So it's like, the same anger, the same kind of like, headbang type shit. I just, yeah, it was dope. Were you going on a different like, alias at that point? Or the same one as now? Yeah, I mean, like, I've, I've never changed my alias. I mean, I used to, like, I used this name when I, like, played Sims when I was, like, 13. Oh, really? Yeah, to, like, name my families and stuff. <laughs> but, like, I didn't, I didn't put anything out. I think I might have done, like, it's definitely gone now because I made sure to delete everything. But, like, yeah, I've never really, like, had a different alias. How I did guess. you come up with this one? It's an anagram of it is okay. So it's, yeah. like all twisted and shit and it just mm -hmm. it was catchy as fuck I was 13 I thought I was like top shit coming up with it because <laughs> of the anagram part and then you and I then, love that and then I googled it and like uh and nothing came up so that's I was so like, good for SEO yeah I'm so glad you did that yeah. <laughs> sometimes interviewing I knew, I knew people nothing. and researching is so hard I knew nothing about that shit but then like 
when I learned about it, I was like, damn, I've, I've already won it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Were you like ghost producing or like producing for other people first? Yeah. Uh, I did for a while just to like, kind of like, I didn't do that until like a couple of years ago, actually. Like there was like a few years between, like that, that never came first. That was always kind of like, at the same time as like this project kind of like being brought up just to fund mm -hmm. it pretty much. Um, but yeah, that was that was a while ago actually. Yeah. yeah. How are you getting your music out there initially? Spamming people. Were big, there people around you who were doing music? No, I was like the only kid. And it was it was funny because like as a as a lot of other people will tell you, they had everyone in their ear going like this isn't gonna work. Nothing's gonna progress from this, you know. Like nothing's gonna happen. And I was just like, "Fuck it!" Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it anyway. Like, and if it fails, it fails. And if it, if it keeps going, it keeps going, you know. But I was like the only one. Mm-hmm. Where do you think got your like self motivation from that you could like make it? I think having that like experience of like knowing what like pretty much homelessness and like being broke oh. as fuck. You know what I mean? I yeah. like, like a constant reminder of like, I never want to go back to that. And I feel like some people who have like quite a sheltered upbringing or like, you know, have everything they kind of want most of the time, it's like, they don't, they don't get that drive, you know, they don't, because for them, if it stops, then they have their parents or like family to fall back on. Yeah. You know? Whereas I was always like self-sufficient with stuff. Were you ever working like other jobs? No. Oh wow. Yeah. So it's, it's always like a make or break thing for me and like, I, I always just want to like succeed in whatever I'm doing for the pure fact that I don't want to be like living in like a caravan, you know? Mm -hmm. Was it like blogs that like picked up your music first and that's how you first got like garnering some listens? I honestly don't even remember. I remember I did like a Calvin Harris bootleg and that got like a thousand plays and I was like, it had been up for like three months and it had, like hit a thousand plays and I was like, I've made it. Like I, I made it. And uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't remember. Like there was a few blogs and like a, a few YouTube channels, especially, that kind of like. Maybe just used me as like filler content because my music was like, fucking terrible. Like it wasn't. Mm -hmm. I don't know why anyone would promote it on YouTube. But uh, yeah, I guess I guess that was kind of like the start of it. Yeah. But times have changed. Obviously, there's like too many YouTube channels now, there's too many repost accounts or whatever. How do you get in contact with the Never Say Die people? So, going to like shows in London, um, I met the label manager, TJ, um, just talking and stuff and uh, became like friends and like mentioned like releasing on the label and stuff and then all the other guys, like all the artists and stuff, just kind of met through music. Um, and we've all become friends and they're lovely guys, so yeah, just I think forming like friendships, you know, first before like before the business shit, because that way as well you, you have a much more personal connection with like the people who matter to you in the music world, you know. Mm -hmm. That was a while ago, that was like three years ago. Did you like, so were you living with your mom until like recently or did you like move out like after your career started like to take off a bit? Um, so I was, I was living with my mom uh, and like, but I was like traveling quite a lot. I would, I would like use like the, uh, like the small amount of like money to just like stay in really like shoddy hotels 
like really bad hotels just to like travel like and like I take like the mega bus, you know, like the, yeah. the really cheap, like scummy bus. <laughs> just travel around and just like, I, I had friends all over the UK, so I just kind of like... Or just for your, in general, like not for touring? No, but in general, yeah. Oh, just wow. like, because I, I feel like staying in one place like too long is just like a recipe for hell, you know? You mm -hmm. get like cabin fever, you get like, you don't get motivated, you don't, you just see the same walls all the time. So I, I just like took it upon myself to be like... I can literally work from anywhere. I've got like a computer. I yeah. just like travel around and if I have to sleep on like someone's floor one time or you know, like just so be it, you know? Yeah. It's like an experience, I guess. Was this still at the beginning of your career? This was a couple of years ago. Yeah. So I, I guess, I don't really know where the beginning was. Like people, people are still saying to me like, new up and comer. And I'm just like, dude, I've been doing this for like <laughs> six years, you know? Like, <laughs> but I, I can't be mad, like I get it. I'm, whenever someone like hears of me, I guess I'm new to them, right? So like, mm -hmm. they don't know about all like the past shit. How did you meet the Oslo people? Skrillex started playing out of my stuff. That was random. I think Tana, like Getter, actually, mm -hmm. uh, I remember him giving my stuff to Sonny. And he DM'd me and he was like, freaking out. He was like, Skrill played out like three of your songs in Vegas last night. And I was like, fuck. And like my Twitter was blowing up and everything. Oh. And, uh, yeah, and then my old manager was actually an assistant to someone who, who worked at Eisler. So, um, kind of met some of the guys through that, like through, uh, through Nest as well, when they were like in their infant days of like starting out. Um, and it's kind of the same with like the Never Say Die guys, we just like built friendships, you know, like, and uh, it was just mutual, like met someone through someone else and someone else through someone else you know it's just like a progression kind of thing mm -hmm. but that was like 2015 I think so like but like definitely when like Skrillex started playing out my stuff it was like they noticed me then because I'd been sending like demos to them for years you know mm -hmm. but after that it was like they actually responded to me was that the same time <laughs> for the Bygor people uh yeah Bygor was a bit sooner um exact same way Asaf was playing out my stuff, like Google randomly found my SoundCloud. Uh, and we worked together on some stuff and because the Borgor is now managed by Steven who runs Slayle and then Slayle like manages like a few of my friends as well so it's like Yeah. You know what I mean? All the same. Yeah. Yeah. What's your idea to not like signing exclusively to a label? I don't have an issue with it. I just think like for me personally it's like I've seen a few people who have who have done that and they've wanted to change their sound or wanted to change like the the music that they're making and it's just like not gone well for them. And like I said earlier, like I always I guess it's the same in the sense I always like moving around. So like if I wanna change like the style of music that I'm making, I don't wanna to have to like second guess anything, you know, I want it to be completely natural. Um and for some of the guys who make like the same kind of music all the time. I guess it works out like great for them, like majority of people on like Never Say Die for example. But then like there's definitely been some cases where like someone's been like, Oh I wanna make pop music now and like the management is like, You're not doing that, like stick to this or that, you know, and I just I'm not about that. Mm -hmm. like, I mean like two two weeks ago I was like making like a dubstep song and like over the past couple of months I've been like writing pop records. So it's like if I was signed exclusively to like a label, I just feel like 
they would end up hating me or I'd end up hating like the mm -hmm. music that I'm making. What's the transition that you wanted to get into more pop stuff? Yeah, I mean, it's not even so much pop stuff. It's more like using or working with vocalists more, you know, mm -hmm. I feel like, especially now with like the dubstep stuff, it's more like just like a sound design flex and it's like, there's no real like substance to it. Like I want to make something that's like kind of catchy, kind of accessible to like more people, but still like heavy in a way. And I think that's that that would be perfect to like, or to use vocals in that sense, you know. Was it difficult for you going from just like making music yourself to like being in sessions with uh, singers? It wasn't difficult. It was weird because I'm so used to being like locked away by myself, you know. Um, but most of most of like the collaborating stuff before was done over like emails and things like that whereas I'm only just starting to get used to like going into sessions with people because yeah it's, it's kind of weird but I'll I'll get used to it I guess and actually about your style like you're really into fashion in like street style how did you get into it initially uh I saw someone wearing like fuck, what was it I think it was like the Alexander McQueen like exaggerated like sole shoes mm -hmm. they just look like Stan Smiths but like with like a chunky like yeah. obnoxious sole on them and I was like why is that so weird but like so like <laughs> so like familiar you know like it was it was such like a familiar design of like a shoe but then like they'd done something weird to it so I looked it up and like led me down like a rabbit hole of like hype beast and like complex how old were like, you when you started getting into it it was only like a year and a half ago that I because before that I just kind of like wore like whatever H&M was selling but yeah, it was only like a year and a half ago I really started paying notice to it and like could actually afford like some of the pieces, you know, mm -hmm. but... Do you yeah. have like style inspirations? Not really, because I feel like people who have those kind of inspirations are like just look the same and then the, the same with like the Supreme stuff, like everyone just starts looking the same, you know? Yeah. What are your fave like brands then? Or designers? I really like, um, like I've started to look into like the, uh, like the Goyard stuff. I'm just like a really big fan of like the, just the pattern. I think like, like the Louis Vuitton and like Gucci and stuff, like those patterns look kind of like outdated, but like, cause like I just roll my eyes when I, whenever I see anyone with like a Louis bag, right? Mm -hmm. Or like, and you just instantly assume it's like fake. <laughs> but then like, you don't see many people with a Goyard and it's like, it's such kind of like a similar design and it's like, but you never see it. So when you see it, you're like. That's yeah. the one, yeah. yeah. But I'm, I'm sure more people are going to wear that and just like, that's going to get burnt out. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I don't, I don't really follow like many like designers or anything like that. It's just kind of what pops up. Yeah, we've been talking about doing like a closet tour, so that might be coming up. <laughs> yeah, that would be dope. And you're also into a lot of like YouTubers like Casey Neistat, right? Yeah. <laughs> I try not to talk about it because like Ray, like my friend Ray is just like, super into like all the YouTube like shit and it's I I could burn like a week just like laying in bed on YouTube so I try not to like think about it you know because I definitely I have like an addictive personality and I definitely would just like binge watch YouTube for like a yeah. week straight just post my food every day kind of thing <laughs> who else do you like uh, David Dobrik is funny yeah. as hell like all of his like kind of gang like Zane and like all that lot. It's so compact like I watch when it's like five minutes of just like solid like everything's happening at the yeah. same time. But that's that's it's what's, intense. That's what's great about it though is he's like uh, at least David like he's 
from what I've seen, he's like created something like new and dope because it's like he comes from like the Vine world, right? Where everything is so, so compact. And then yeah. he's just essentially done like all little skits into like one big video. And I just, I know it's a style like that not many people have done before. And like he's just, he's like killed it. Really. Yeah. Is that something you can see yourself getting into? Oh no. A YouTuber. <laughs> no. I'm like I'm I'm filled with like too much like social anxiety and stuff to be able to like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I just want to be behind like closed doors most mm -hmm. of the time. But yeah, it's fun to watch, and I, maybe that's why it's fun to watch, because I'd never see myself doing it. Yeah. Like, I can't listen to, like, dubstep or anything, because I make it, <laughs> I play it, you know, it's just, it kind of gets boring, but... And actually, speaking about that, you also have, like, a ADHD or, like, hypermobility, right? Yeah. Didn't even think that you'd know that. <laughs> I guess I'm just, like... Something about, like, my joints or something isn't, like, formed correctly, so I'm, like, extra bendy. Um... Something like, I noticed like a lump like on my collarbone one day. Yeah. And like my arm kept like going out of like, like coming out of its socket. And I was like, what the fuck is happening? So I went to like some specialist doctors and stuff and uh, yeah, they were like, you, you have hypermobility, which I guess <laughs> is like something I've never heard of before. Yeah. I didn't even read into. And like, I can twist like my arm like all the way around and like all that kind of thing, but. My mom calls me the bendy man. It's like all my joints. Are Have you ever like, tried using it for like yoga or uh, I don't even know gymnastics? Uh, I can't say I have. Maybe I should one day. But uh, yeah, I guess that could be cool. I don't know. And has it been difficult dealing with like ADHD? It's not been difficult. I'm, I mean, like, there was a time where I would like get really frustrated over like nothing. And I think that was like the biggest, the biggest issue with it was I would get myself so like wound up and like angry about things and in reality it was like absolutely nothing, you know? Um, it's, I guess it's just a blessing and a curse. Like mm -hmm. when I want like hyper focus, I'll just like zone in on something and no one can distract me. But then other times I'm like, my brain is just like everywhere, you know? Yeah. And you also said in like a previous interview about, um, like people getting upset if you don't respond to them. Yeah, I, I don't have time to sit on social media. I don't have time to, like I'm, I think especially like growing up the way I did and stuff, it was like, I only surround myself with like 10 at max, like really close friends. And I was, I was saying this to someone the other day, it was like, I'd much rather have 10 really close friends who I can like constantly know that they're there for me and like vice versa and not even have to question it than to have like like 40 people who are just like temporary or like I can't be able to see them today like if any of my friends like my real close friends like knew I was around or whatever like I'd have no hesitation to be like I'm gonna see you today you know yeah whereas I feel like especially these days a lot of people are just kind of have those people they keep around for like certain reasons or like I'm just not about that so I feel that that, that brings it back to like the fan aspect of things like I, I don't have time to sit around and like respond to everyone I don't have time to like remember like to respond to a message but it definitely it's def I've, been, I've been trying to get better at it like and take some time out and just like look through the things that people say to me but i'm more like focused on myself and then you also said something about like sexual misconduct in like a dj culture <sighs> here we go it's <laughs> the topic of conversation right <laughs> just because you brought it up in previous interviews so yeah what well, a perfect time to talk about it <laughs> 
I was brought up with a single mother, like raised around women. All my friends at school were girls and like, I don't know, I just, I feel like without going too in depth in it, it's like the abuse of power is honestly pretty disgusting. And like, I can definitely see both sides to it. Like you're in a, you're in like a higher up position. People are kind of throwing themselves at you left, right and center. Like girls saying dumb shit, guys saying dumb shit, you know, but like it gets to the point where if you have to like force something or like try and like change someone's mind on something which is like extremely mm. personal yeah i just think you're a fucking piece of dirt you know yeah i'm like i i have no issue with like cutting people off who do that shit like or like just not talking or like not even associating with them anymore but especially like my my upbringing i've noticed that it's just like respecting women and like it's, it's basically turned into like a meme now because everyone's fucking saying it but like respecting other people's like wishes and like especially like mm. on a personal and even like sexual level i just feel like if you're not respecting that then like fuck off you know like yeah it's, it's gross like and majority of like the bigger artists are like completely against it and it's it's normal like that's what like the the whole thing about like what's happened recently is this it's a majority of like the younger kids who like get power hungry and aren't used to it and like that kind of shit that like gets all up and that kind of thing but like as we've seen on like twitter and stuff it's yeah you know, it's not just them yeah how do you think you've grown as a person since when you started uh i feel like i've become a bit more like resilient to people's bullshit i like that <laughs> yeah i i mean there's a lot of people like trying to just like make money off you or like you know use you for certain things and i feel like that's just like an exaggeration of like the morals that I've always kind of had is just to be like about my own thing and like help build up friends and things like that and like yeah I don't know I think I think it's like giving me a thicker skin um but that's probably like the most important thing that I take away from it how do you think your music has changed since the early songs you made weird <laughs> it's, 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 it's changing all the time like it's one day I could be into something one day I could be into something else like I kind of just make whatever and then I don't really think about like releases of songs because nine times out of ten the songs that I'm releasing are like finished like months beforehand you know um, but yeah just it's always going to change it's probably going to go back to what it was four months ago in a couple of weeks and then change again you know it's just I guess it's just like not sticking to one genre kind of has that vibe about it of like mm -hmm. constantly evolving. What was your decision to move to the US? <sighs> there's like, there's a lot of technicalities behind it and a lot of legal stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't actually moved here officially. Yeah. Um, but the, the one thing that's kind of holding me back, like, I'm on a visa at the moment, but like the one thing that's holding me back from like getting a green card or whatever is like the healthcare thing. Oh. Obviously in the UK it's like, it's free, it's it's kind of great, I mean sometimes it's bad but it's free like, and things like that, but like the healthcare thing over here like, especially being like a complete hypochondriac, it just like scares the shit out of me. Yeah. Um, but what's the decision for the move? Because I, I think not so many UK people like move here because they already have like such an such a like strong market already there or, like management labels whereas like I think like a lot of Australians move here just because of the travel distance yeah I, it's like that I mean like I'm going on tour soon I'm, I'm I've, I've kind of just like 
rinsed out Europe and the UK. Like I've I've done shows in pretty much every single European country, and it's like I've done a few shows in America now, but like for this year at least, I really want to just like push it here and like do as many like shows here as I can. Because we've had offers before, like, or I've had offers before, and it's just not been like feasible for like travel, you know. Mm-hmm. Like that could be like a really good show, and it could be like a one-off, but like to travel like. 12 hours here and 12 hours back and stuff it just doesn't make sense so like I'm just trying to like be where I am where I want to push myself yeah you know what would you say have been your biggest challenges um being away from like from the UK Mm -hmm. um being away from like my close friends and stuff and uh like my mom and my family like I've gotten really close to like my cousins and my uh my auntie and my uncle recently, which is dope. Oh, that's nice. Um, but yeah, just being aware, like, I'm, I'm like thankful for like FaceTime and like Skype, you know, because that kind of links us together in a weird way. But yeah, definitely just like being away from like my comfort zone. Um, but then that's also a good thing because it, you know, mm-hmm. pushes me to go further or whatever. What does success look like to you? Uh, kind of shitty. Because, like, success to me is, like, being content and being happy and being comfortable. And I, I feel like anyone who gets comfortable isn't always chasing for, like, the next thing, right? And if you're doing that, then you're not, you're not progressing, you're not succeeding in that sense. So I feel like, I feel like success is, like, a fake thing. I, I'd much rather just push myself and set smaller goals and have one end goal, you know? Mm-hmm. What does love mean to you? Love? <laughs> um, I don't know. Love is a weird thing. I just... In terms of like a relationship, the only thing that I... I ideally look for is just someone that I can like... essentially like just share everything with. Mm-hmm. And more so have like a best friend, you know? Rather than like a cliche like romantic yeah. partner. Just... Yeah. Just because like I'm... I have such a weird life and finding someone that like to just share that with and just have as a best friend like always there is dope you know unconditional love is like you can't change it right is that what that means yeah. unconditional uh... I don't know <laughs> I've been told people have unconditional love for their family where like no matter what you still love them kind of thing yeah and yeah I don't know I look at I look at things more like friendships like not not to be like I'm like someone who like is promiscuous or whatever but like my mom is like one of my best friends like my cousins are like my best friends like you know things like that I, I feel like especially in like a romantic sense love is like kind of kind of twisted and skewed into something like toxic mm-hmm. you know? I definitely I definitely have love for people but like the cliche shit I'm just not about yeah last question what do you want to be remembered for not raping women. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh my god. I could do anything in my life. You know what's funny is actually, like, when this shit started coming out, I just sat there and thought, like, I wonder how many people are, like, worrying that they're gonna get exposed. That's exactly what I'm thinking. And then I just sat there, I was like, after every show, I literally just go straight back to my hotel, have a bath, watch some TV, you know, like, and I was just like, oh, I don't need to worry about this. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Such a clean record. <laughs> yeah, and it will always be that way because. Fuck doing that shit. That's yeah. gross. Yeah. I love that.
This is awesome. Thank you so much. It's all good. <laughs> Bye, guys.